In the midst of this global crisis, the voices for justice are revealing what really matters. It is time for Planetary Makeover. Here we feature solutions and modern miracles in documentary videos that offer hope for our future and remind us all of our spiritual source. Long ago, it was forecast that at this time in history, extraordinary teachers, including the world teacher, would emerge to help us as we build a world that works for everyone. Now, here's your host of Planetary Makeover, Mr. David Minot. Welcome, everyone, to another inspiring episode of Planetary Makeover. Today, we are featuring again our old friend, Mr. Dick Larson. And this time we're listening to his discussion on the fascinating topic of UFOs, which I think everyone is intrigued by, if not downright mesmerized by. But as always, first we want to remind you that at Planetary Makeover, we're not here to convince you of anything. All we ask is that you consider what we present with a truly open mind to consider a world and a new civilization of peace, love, sharing, justice, equality, world peace, synthesis, and love. Embracing the best of the new while retaining the best of the old. And to accomplish this feat, we assert and demonstrate that humanity is not alone, that we have help of an extraordinary kind, which will inspire us to transform these seemingly impossible futures into reality. We're referring to the world teacher and his group, the Masters of Wisdom, who are spiritual teachers, not religious figures per se, and... It is true, at the same time, that these characters, this group, had been predicted by all the world's major religions, though they belong to none of them. For instance, the Jews are looking for the Messiah, the Muslims seek the Imam Mahdi, the Hindus are waiting for the Kalki Avatar, the Christians await the Christ, and the Buddhists are looking for Maitreya Buddha. They got the name right. Except his name is just Maitreya. He's sort of a Buddha for this age, but not the Buddha, who is his brother and who he works with closely. But that's a whole other episode to just to describe. As I mentioned, Maitreya and the Masters are spiritual teachers, in the broadest sense, here for everyone. They are not beholden to any religious, governmental, or philosophical institutions. And it's considered the most important event in mankind's history. They love everyone unconditionally, including those who don't believe in them or accept them at this point. Everyone from the most fervent fundamentalist to the agnostics and the atheists. Now, Maitreya is an avatar wielding energies and combinations that have never been seen on this planet before. And this in part is because he in turn is overshadowed by even greater avatars. The avatar of peace and equilibrium, one of synthesis, 
and another name for which we have no name at this point to describe it. And the masters are helping humanity and the planet enter the age of Aquarius, which is more than just a pop song in the 60s, which if you recall was the dawning of the age of Aquarius in that song, but an age of 2,150 years, and they'll be with us the entire time. Now, writings about Maitreya and the Masters, as well as their own writings, are meant to stimulate our minds and enhance our intuition. Just reading or listening to this information can be transformative, but in a way that doesn't interfere with our free will, which is sacrosanct to the Masters of Wisdom and Maitreya, thankfully. Now, we can point to some earthly people that have written about the Masters of Wisdom, starting with Madame Blavatsky with the Theosophical Society back in the late 19th century, and then Helena Roderick bringing us into the early 20th century, and then Alice Bailey at mid-century, and then more recently, our author, esotericist, and artist, Benjamin Krem, taking us from the late 20th century into the early 21st. Now, back to our guest. Dick is a counselor with a background in education who addresses issues of meditation and practical spirituality. He has been a guest on radio talk shows nationwide, co-hosted a radio program himself, and produced and hosted a series of public access television shows that have aired around the nation. Dick gives public lectures on the ageless wisdom teaching and their relationship to what is happening in the world today. His message is one of great hope for our future. Incidentally, Dick was also the original host and founding member of the Planetary Makeover team. And so without further ado, here is our friend and mentor, Dick Larson. Thank you, David. What a great introduction. Wow. Hope I can live up to it. Yes, so today's topic is going to be UFOs and their spiritual mission. Now, David lay, laid down some of the background um, behind this, but I would like to go ahead and give you just a little bit more background information so that it makes what I'm going to say about our space brothers and sisters a little more understandable and puts it in context a little bit. Like David said, we're all evolving. Everything is evolving. The planet is evolving. Our solar system is evolving. Human beings are evolving. Evolving. All of the kingdoms on this planet, the mineral kingdom, the plant kingdom, the animal kingdom, the human kingdom, and the spiritual kingdom are all evolving. And so we're a big part of that because we're both animal. We owe our bodies to the animal kingdom. And spirit, we owe our spirits to the spiritual kingdom. So we're both. We're where both meet in the middle, which makes us the caretaker for this planet and for the kingdoms below us, which we've not done a very good job of. But we'll get more into that in a minute. He talked about the ages. You know, this is a really important concept. And I don't want you to think that we're talking about the the um, the ages that show the, uh, 
the astrology, the astrology that shows up in newspapers and magazines, sorry, um, for entertainment. That's not what we're talking about. Our solar system and consequently our planet is surrounded by 12 huge constellations, very powerful constellations. We call those 12 constellations the zodiac. Now, so what we're talking about here is actual astronomy, not some kind of fiction. Astronomy, the movement of heavenly bodies through cosmos. So here's how it works. Those 12 constellations are around our solar system. And every 2,000 years or so, our solar system and our planet, Earth, comes into alignment with one of these constellations. And when we're in alignment with a constellation, we say we're in the age of whatever that constellation is. Well, for the last 2,000 years, we have been in alignment with and in the age of the great constellation Pisces. And Pisces, when we're in alignment, we can receive these tremendous energies from the constellations. And those energies of all 12 constellations help us and our planet evolve. You know how planet Earth evolves? Because we evolve. As we evolve, so does our planet. And we need to step it up because we haven't been doing a great job of evolving, especially lately. But the two primary energies, I think you might find this interesting. The two primary energies of Pisces are individuality. Man has come out of the herd in the last 2,000 years and dedication to an ideal. And it was dedication to the ideal of freedom that saved the world from Hitler and his uh, cohorts in World War II. So the Piscean energy has done its job. And now in 1625, we started moving out of the influence of Pisces. And in 1675, we started moving into alignment with the next constellation. It's backwards from the uh, astrology that you read in magazines. We started moving into the next constellation, which is Aquarius. And that was in 1675. So right now, we're in the middle. We're receiving energy from both constellations. And when that happens, there's chaos on the planet. And you can see that that's actually happening right now. And I'll tell you why. Because they have such different energies. Piscean energy created the individuals, the strong individuals that we see today in the world, including you and me. And now Aquarian energy supports group action. It supports its primary energies are synthesis and cooperation, working together. So now the goal is to take the powerful individuals that were built under Pisces and have them work together cooperatively in groups because Aquarian energy only supports group action. It doesn't support individuals. It supports groups. So the, the dictators and so on are on their way out. They're gone. They don't know it yet, but they are. Group action is what Aquarian energy supports. That's why people marching in the streets in the United States could save our health care, because they had this tremendously powerful Aquarian energy behind them when they were marching in the streets as a group. So Aquarius supports group action. And now, for the first time in almost 100,000 years, 98,000 years is our information. Now those masters of wisdom that David talked about, they're the senior members of our spiritual kingdom. There's 63 is affiliated with Earth's evolution. 
And they're the senior members of our evolution. They've gone through human evolution ahead of the rest of us and become perfected individuals, perfected human beings. And so they don't need to be in a body anymore because they've learned all the lessons that planet Earth can teach. So they've graduated. They've gone to the spiritual kingdom permanently. And they're the senior members of the spiritual kingdom. And you will know some of these great masters. That, by the way, they're called masters because they're masters over themselves, not because they're masters over us. They're masters over themselves. And so some of these great masters are people that we knew as Buddha, Confucius, Jesus, Krishna, Muhammad. Joan of Arc is one of the great masters now. Um, Mary, the mother of Jesus, is one of the great masters now. And then the disciples, of course, Peter and Paul and John and Ringo. No, not Ringo. I'm kidding. <laughs> but these, these are all great masters now. And behind the scenes, they have been the inspiration for the advanced beings of the human race, their disciples and other advanced humanity, scientists, artists, um, uh, all of the um, musicians, the painters. Um, all of the great advancements of society have come as an inspiration of the masters of wisdom behind the scenes because they're not out in space somewhere. They're here. Their consciousness is here on the planet. They're in the desert and mountain regions of the world, of the planet, where they don't have to worry about um, air pollution and sound pollution, noise pollution, all that stuff to distract them from their work because they work 24 hours a day. They don't need to sleep or eat. They are working 24-7 to help administer God's plan through humanity on planet Earth. That's who they are. And this is a great time to be alive because every 2,000 years we get a great teacher to bring the next update, the next advanced step for humanity. Jesus taught the love of God. Buddha taught the wisdom of God. Now the next teacher comes 2,000 years later. Maitreya, as mentioned by David, the world teacher, he's known as the world teacher. He comes to bring the teaching of God's will. And, you know, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. That's an old, old saying. Well, humanity must be now ready to start doing God's will seriously. We must be advanced enough that we're at that point. So he comes to teach the will of God. He comes to teach us right relationship with each other, how to be in right relationship. You know, we're here to learn and grow, but we're also here to serve. And we haven't done much of a job of that, serving each other. See, it's by serving each other that we serve God. And so he comes to teach right relationship and the wisdom, the, uh, sorry, the will of God, and a whole bunch of other lessons that we are now ready to learn. Now, he comes as a teacher. The masters, he doesn't come alone. By the time this age is over, there'll be more than 40 masters walking amongst us. There'll be a master in every aspect of human life. There'll be a master in government, a master in education, a master in healthcare, a master in the arts. There'll be a master in every major politics and government aspect of human life. And they'll be making suggestions. They'll never force us to do anything. David said that our, our free will is sacred. The masters protect it. And that's right. They would never, ever force us to do anything. So they're going to come and make suggestions, and we have free will. We can either follow them or not. By the way, Maitreya has said, through Benjamin Krem, has said that there are about 2 billion people who will respond 
when they first come forward. And Maitreya will be the first one to come forward um, to humanity openly on television and radio worldwide all at one time. That's how he's going to introduce himself. It's going to happen soon, within the next five years for sure. Um, that, now, I don't know that officially. That's my personal opinion. Um, by the way, I have some notes here. So if you see me glancing down, I don't want to leave anything out. I don't want to skip over anything for you guys. So forgive me if I look at my notes once in a while. Something else that David said I want to remind you. I'm not here to get you to believe what I'm saying. I'm not here to cram anything down your throat. I'm just here to give out my information. Most of it comes from Benjamin Krem, spelled C-R-E-M-E. -E. He's got about 17 books on Amazon. And if you want to get a really fascinating book about the UFOs, he's got one. And I'll tell you what it's called. Now, his name is Benjamin Krem, C-R-E-M-E. -E. Looks like cream, but it's Krem. He was from London. Um, he passed away at age 94. He traveled the world for about 40 years, giving out information that I'm going to give out now and more. I'll tell you the name of his book. His book is called The Gathering of the Forces of Light. The Gathering of the Forces of Light, UFOs and Their Spiritual Mission. I'll say that again. Benjamin Krem, C-R-E-M-E, The Gathering of the Forces of Light, UFOs and Their Spiritual Mission. You're going to read stuff in there you've never heard before anywhere. It's really a fabulous book. So I recommend it highly. It's not very expensive. Um, but anyway, that's that's the primary source for my information. Now, Benjamin Cram, how does he know about the space people? I'll tell you how. He traveled with them. He worked with them for years. Um, and, and he also worked with a man named um, George Adamski. One of the early 1950s, in the 50s, one of the first primary contactees who wrote a couple books. Uh, one of them is called uh, Flying Saucers Have Landed. And he worked with Adamski and, the, and the, the Space Brothers and Sisters. Now, why do I call them our Space Brothers and Sisters? I'll tell you why. Because Aliens was a horrible name made up by the Western governments who wanted us to do two things. They wanted us to not believe they were real. And they wanted us to believe they were evil. Now, aliens is not a name I will use. I call them our space brothers and sisters or the space people um, or extraterrestrials because they're extra from planet Earth. So they are real. My information is that they are real. Where do they come from? Okay. The, I hope you're sitting down. <laughs> They come from our solar system. They don't come from the Pleiades. They don't come from Sirius. Those folks have their own issues. They got their own stuff to deal with. They come from our solar system. Hang on a minute, I'll explain that. Our solar system is a confederation of planets. It's a unit and it has its own plan and its own evolution. And each member of that solar system, including planet Earth, our planet, is evolving as part of that plan. So Earth has its own plan, and the solar system has its own plan. And by the way, our galaxy, the Milky Way galaxy, has its own plan too, along with all the solar systems that are in the Milky Way galaxy. Benjamin Krem said that there's nothing in cosmos but humanity. Humanity is everywhere. We're everywhere. Now, we don't all look alike. But we're everywhere. Now, 
every planet in our solar system is inhabited with humanity. How can that be? I'll tell you. It's a matter of our science being too ignorant to understand yet. But I will explain it to you and you will see how this could be. Here's the deal. Our planet is just the right distance from the sun that we can be in physical human bodies. We can have water, we can have dirt, we can have trees and plants and animals all in physical, dense physical bodies and not melt or freeze to death because we're just the right distance from the sun. None of the other planets are. They're either too close to the sun and a dense physical body would burn up or they're too distant from the sun and a dense physical body would you know, freeze solid. Most of our makeup is water. We would freeze solid. So we're the only planet that has dense physical life. There's humans on the rest of the planets, but they're the next level up of physical matter, which the Aegis Wisdom calls etheric physical. Now, etheric physical is still physical. It, let me try to explain it. It's like a gas. We know that oxygen is real. We can measure oxygen, but we can't see it. We can't touch it. But we know it's there. It's real. It's physical. It's a gas. Well, the same thing is true of the etheric physical matter of the human beings that don't live on planet Earth. Their bodies are etheric physical. It's a form of physical. Here's the trick. They have etheric vision and we don't. So we can't see them when they're in etheric physical. They see each other just like you and I see each other because they have etheric vision. Mars is teeming with life. There's over 8 billion people on Mars is my information. And that's a small planet. So guess what? The people there are smaller. They're shorter. I don't think there's a person on Mars over five feet. Most of them are four foot something. But that's, that's etheric physical. Their spacecraft are made of the same thing, etheric physical. And although it's real, we land a camera on Mars. That camera doesn't have etheric vision. It sees nothing but desolation. There's buildings and transportation and people all over Mars. But our camera can't see it because it doesn't have etheric vision. Some people do. Some people have the beginnings of etheric vision. People who see auras. That's the beginning of etheric vision, seeing an aura. Because the normal folks, like I can't see auras. And I don't know if you can or not. If you can, good for you. But, but there aren't a whole lot of people that have etheric vision. They see the spacecraft up there all the time. They don't want to say that because people think they're crazy. Because nobody else can see them. But they're up there in the thousands in the sky every day. All right. Let me, let me give you a couple pictures of etheric physical here. These are photographs that were taken at exactly the right time. <laughs> a couple, twice, two times. There's two different spacecraft here. And if you look very carefully, you can see through parts of the spacecraft. These are two spacecraft that were caught on by photograph just as they were transitioning from solid physical to etheric physical. They were just transitioning from solid physical to etheric physical. They're half and half. And that's why you can see through parts of the aircraft. 
beautiful photos, absolutely perfect examples of what etheric physical is like. It's real. And if you have etheric vision, you can see it. And if you don't, you don't see it. So here's what the deal is. We only see them, their spacecraft or their bodies, when they want us to. How do they do it? They lower the vibration of their physical body. They can do that. Their science is so far beyond ours, it isn't even funny. They can lower the vibration of their physical body. They can lower the vibration of their spacecraft to temporarily become solid physical. That's what happened at Roswell. Our information is that this is a Martian spacecraft that had Martians on board and that they intentionally lowered the vibration of their bodies in the spacecraft and intentionally crashed and died so that we would know they exist. They were asked to do that. They volunteered to do that. And so that crash was real and it was real solid physical. There are, there's film black and white film on YouTube of one of the autopsies that was done on one of these Martians. It's real. Now there's a fake, couple of fake ones on there too, but there's a real, they really did an autopsy. They really filmed it. Ultimately what happens though is etheric, the physical that's been turned solid temporarily goes back to etheric. That's why they can't find any parts of the spacecraft now. That's why you can't find the bodies now. They're, they're etheric physical. They're there, but they're not, they're not visible to the human eye anymore. That's how beings can live on every planet in our solar system, etheric physical. We're the only one. They, <laughs> the, the contactees, have, reliable contactees, have said things about how they comment about planet Earth. And I'll tell you this, it's really cool. They call this the beautiful blue planet because of all the oceans. When you see it from space, it's mostly blue. They call this the beautiful blue planet. And their direct quote from, from one of these space brothers is, it's the most beautiful planet in our system. They give tours. He said that they actually give tours of people. Now, the spacecraft are from our two neighbors, Mars and Venus, one on each side which just makes sense. Those are the ones that would travel here the easiest. Um, they're right next door. Most of the spacecraft and crews are Martians or Venusians. They're not Venetians, those are the blinds. <laughs> they're Venusians. And so um, they actually have tours that come. So they, they can come down close. Now we don't see them because they're etheric physical. But they come down close to the planet and people are amazed. They can see the oceans and the water and the trees and the mountains and the plains and the green grass. And they're just the rivers. They're just totally blown away, all the buildings. But they're, they're, they, they just love to come and do a tour and see the beautiful blue planet, the most beautiful planet in our system. And you know what they call humans? They call us the beautiful long-legged human race. <laughs> they think we're beautiful. So, all right. That's, that's why we don't see them all the time. And that's why sometimes we can. So here's the deal. They can lower the vibration of their craft and you see a UFO. And then when they want to disappear, they can either just fly off at really fast speed or 
They simply raise the vibration of their craft and poof, they disappear. And they've done this repeatedly, repeatedly. Now I'm in Los Angeles, in the Los Angeles area of Southern California. And Benjamin Krem said that there is a major, and there have been photos taken of UFOs going into the water and coming out of the ocean between here and Catalina Island, Los Angeles and Catalina Island. Benjamin Krem said there is a major UFO base under the ocean between Catalina and Los Angeles. And that's why these craft are, are pictured going in and coming out of, the, out of the ocean. See, their craft are etheric. So they can go anywhere they want. They can be in space. They can be in the planet. They can be in the water. They can be anywhere because they're etheric. So can their physical bodies be anywhere. As a matter of fact, one third of the population of Mars live underground. That's the least evolved part of Mars. Mars has a different plan than Earth. They have a, a three-part plan. There's the, the le less evolved, then the ones that are more like us live on the surface, and then, and then there are the very, very advanced ones. Only the very advanced members of any planet are allowed to fly, so they don't cause problems with other planets. So Mars is at the same stage of evolution as planet Earth, except they're uh, thousands of years ahead of us in science. They haven't made all the mistakes we made. Um, so they're, they're about at our, our level of evolution, but their science is way beyond ours. Now, scientists have discovered a theoretic physical. They don't know what they've got yet, but they call it dark matter. Dark matter, then they've said, well, this dark matter is everywhere in space. It's everywhere. That's right. Etheric physical is everywhere. By the way, the human chakras that are used in meditation, those focal points in the human body where the energy focuses, those chakras are etheric physical. Yeah. So when you meditate, you're contacting your etheric physical self. <laughs> so that's the deal. Now, these space people have been coming to planet Earth for 300,000 years, over 300,000 years. We know this from animal man's cave drawings that have been discovered of spacecraft and space people on the side of the caves that are 300,000 years old. So they've been visiting us. If they wanted to take us over, they would have, these people are harmless, they're beneficial. I'm gonna tell you about their spiritual mission in a, in a few minutes here. They're here to help. They're not harmful. If they wanted to harm us or take over our planet, they could have done that 300,000 years ago. <laughs> they don't want to. They respect us. This is our planet. They're not going to mess with it. You know, God's great law of karma says you mind your own business. It says it's, it's the law of cause and effect. And it says for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. That's what the scientists call it. They call it the law of action and reaction. It's just cause and effect. For every action you take, it creates a cause. It creates an effect. So that's how we make our lives from day to day. If you don't want people to cut you off in traffic, don't cut anybody off. And then they won't cut you off. I mean, that's exactly how the law of cause and effect works. It's karma. So karma is the reason getting even doesn't get even. Somebody does something to you and you get revenge, now they owe you back. <laughs> You're never going to get rid of this issue. So that's why getting even doesn't work because of the great law of karma.
the law of cause and effect. So because this isn't their planet, they are not going to do anything without our permission and without the permission of the senior members of our spiritual kingdom. Each planet has a spiritual kingdom. And these spiritual, these masters, great spiritual masters, they're called the lords of compassion. They're called the masters of the wisdom. They're called all these wonderful, beautiful names. They communicate with each other all, all the time. Well, all the time. They meet. The, the masters of all of the planets in our solar system meet every 250 years. So, so they can make sure they're administering the plan of God for our solar system. Yeah. So we have our own senior members of the spiritual kingdom, and they are coming now in physical bodies to walk amongst us and make suggestions. They'll never tell us what to do or make us do anything. So let's talk about the mission of the UFOs. To the best of my knowledge, there are, there are four parts, and there are probably more, to their spiritual mission here on Earth. Here's what's happened. Remember I said our solar system is a unit? It has a plan. It has its own plan. And every planet has its own plan. Just like in the human body, when you get a sore or you get an injury, parts of the other parts of the human body rush in to help heal it. That's exactly what's happening in our solar system. Planet Earth is holding back the evolution of our solar system because we can't end starvation and we can't end wars. Or if we can, we haven't so far, and we're polluting and killing our planet. For those three reasons, planet Earth is holding back the evolution of the solar system. So our neighbors, our space brothers and sisters, have come to help. They're rushing in at the request of our spiritual kingdom. They're rushing in to help. I'll give you an example. Their first mission that we're aware of is cleaning up pollution. Let me tell you how they're doing that. They have huge, huge motherships in the air, in the oceans, in the, in the ground that do nothing 24-7, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, but mop up pollution from planet Earth that we have created, we humans here on Earth have created, if it wasn't for their help over decades now of mopping up pollution, this planet would be dead or dying. We owe them a huge karmic debt for helping clean up our mess. Now, here's the thing. We made the mess, so karmically, they can't clean it all up. They can only clean it up to a certain extent they're trying to keep the planet alive until we wake up and clean it up completely. And hopefully we're going to do that very, 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 very soon. Or, it's, or we're going to start. The first thing that's going to happen, I'm told, is that we're going to start losing species of animals. They're going to start becoming extinct. And certain species of plants are going to become, and trees are going to become extinct. I mean, it's, it's really, really bad. So they're mopping up. Now, here's, here's the main thing about mopping up pollution. Remember, these crews are in these ships 24-7 doing this. I mean, they've, they've left their families behind, everything, to help us out. The biggest thing they're mopping up is etheric nuclear pollution. Our instruments are too crude to measure etheric energy. But etheric nuclear pollution is spewing out of all of our nuclear plants worldwide. And we don't even know it. 
because our instruments can't measure it. And etheric, sad to say, etheric nuclear pollution is the worst part of nuclear pollution. It's the most dangerous. And, and Benjamin Krem and his master, the master that he's normally in touch with, told us that two of the major problems being caused by nuclear pollution on planet Earth are earlier and earlier onset of Alzheimer's and a much higher incidence of autistic children being born. Now, it used to be that every one in 800 kids on average was autistic. Now it's one in 80. I mean, it's, the numbers are going way up. Why? Nuclear pollution. So our space brothers and sisters are mopping up as much nuclear pollution, other pollution too, for sure, but they're focusing a lot on nuclear pollution because it's so damaging to all the kingdoms on this planet. And our job is to take care of the kingdoms below us. And so they're helping us until we wake up and finish the job. Okay, that's their first spiritual mission, save the planet until humanity wakes up and does it themselves. The second mission that they have, got my notes here so I don't leave anything out, I don't forget anything from you guys, is crop circles. Now, maybe you've seen these. In, in, in Europe, they're called corn circles. But they're, if photos are from above, usually, there's tons of them on YouTube and video of them on YouTube. And these are, these are patterns made in crops, in fields, beautiful, extravagant, detailed, huge, some of them, 300, 400 yards long, longer than a football field, some of them, of crops. And they bend over the crops, but they don't kill the crops. They bend them over. Now, where do these crop circles come from? They're made by, our, by the UFOs. They're made by the UFOs. Here's what, the, here's what happens. They lower their craft over a field. Now, <laughs> their craft are so sophisticated scientifically that they don't push buttons and pull levers to fly UFOs. Their engines in the UFOs are sensitive to human thought. All they do is think where they want to go and how fast they want to go there, and the UFO goes. It responds. They think. They run their craft by thought. And so they think up a design that they want to make. They hover the craft over the field. Then they send the craft sends out its energy and designs this intricate, wonderful crop circle in about eight seconds. And then they're gone. Now there have been there have been video taken of some of the light. You can see light as the crop circle is being made coming down, but it's light coming out of the spacecraft. You can't see the spacecraft because it's etheric. But, you, but some people have actually caught some of the light on film. It's very quick. It happens very quickly. Now, why are they doing these crop circles? Well, there's a couple good reasons. Number one, they're a very friendly calling card. Our space brothers and sisters do not want to hurt us. So what they do they make these crop circles as a sign that we're here, very harmless sign. The second thing they're doing is marking vortexes of energy on the planet 
And they're going to give us a science called the science of light or the science of, of technology. Uh, and what, they're, what that's going to do is it's going to combine the Earth's energy with energy from the sun to provide pollution-free, never running out, available to everyone, energy for all the needs of the planet, basically forever, free of charge. But they can't give us the science of light, the technology of light, until we end war, because for sure we'll find a way to make a weapon out of it. So they can't do that yet, but that's one of the reasons, one of the big reasons they're making these crop circles. The third purpose they have is there's a star in the heavens that wasn't there 20 years ago, 30 years ago. You're all familiar with the star of Bethlehem. It's a star that shined bright in the heavens, led the wise men, moved through the heavens, led the wise men to the baby Jesus, shined down on the baby Jesus so they could find him. He was the teacher for the age of Pisces. Well, now it's time for the teacher for the age of Aquarius. So there's a star up there that astronomers don't know where it came from. It's not a star. It's a UFO. Actually, there are four of them. One north, south, east, and west. So no matter where you are on the planet, you can see one of these stars. They twinkle like a star. But if you look real close, they'll also twinkle colors, which stars don't do. And I took some footage, video footage, of a star. My wife said, is that Maitreya's star out there? She was looking through the kitchen window one night. And I said, let's go out and look. We went out in the street, and we saw the star. And I said, now they're telepathic. And if you can get their attention, they'll, they'll listen to you. And I said, if you're the star, would you please flash colors? And I took my, my cell phone, put it on full zoom, and I took about 15 seconds of video and, and these are individual frames from that video showing these beautiful, spectacular mixtures of purple and blue and pink and red, yellow and orange, green, wonderful colors. They were flashing really, really fast. That was Maitreya star. Then I said, if you're Maitreya star, would you please move? Now we waited, you have to be patient, but you can do this. And we waited a little while and about 30, 40 seconds or so, it went down and over and back up. And I looked at my wife and I said, did, I, did that move or did I make that up? She said, no, that moved. <laughs> so that was my trans star. It's up there 24 seven. If it's, it'll be one of the brightest lights in the heavens. You can see it no matter where you are. Go out some night and look for a star that's flashing colors. You might wanna try and talk to it. See, they get their, their, their huge UFOs made specifically for this purpose. They're about five football fields in size. They get their energy, they absorb their energy from the sun. And that's how they shine constantly like that. The star of Bethlehem was not a star. It was a UFO, three football fields big, designed specifically for that purpose to announce and introduce the teacher for the age of Pisces. This star, these four stars are up there. I call them stars, they're not their UFOs up there to introduce the imminent arrival of the teacher for the age of Aquarius, Maitreya, the world teacher. And like I said, he's not coming alone. There'll be other masters with him. There are 12 masters on the planet right now, um, but they're not going to say anything until Maitreya comes forward. It's just like our space brothers and sisters. They're not going to land on the White House lawn and introduce themselves to the president. They're not going to do that because this isn't their planet. They're going to let Maitreya and, and Jesus, who would be the first two masters we'll see on television, 
Um, and they will introduce, they will tell us about the Space Brothers, but they want us to know they're there. And that's why we're seeing so many more experiences of these spacecraft than we did before. The fourth purpose they have is they're part of the forces of light. They're here to support Maitreya and the masters, the other forces of light, the forces of spirituality. They're here to assist Maitreya and the masters with the revelation for humanity that's coming. And they will be serving us. They will be helping us just like Maitreya and the masters will be helping us to turn this world around. So it's a great time to be alive. Um, this is, I mean, this is a thrilling time to be alive. You're going to see changes on this planet. I'm told that within two years of Maitreya coming forward, there'll be no more starvation. Food will be distributed in ways that will be more effective. And we're going to end war and we're going to turn pollution around. And I suggest that when Maitreya and the masters appear on television, um, that you see if you want to follow their suggestions. There are three ways you'll know it's Maitreya when you see him on TV. Number one, you'll feel the love of God. He embodies the love of God. He's going to send that through humanity. You'll feel the love of God in your heart like you've never felt it before. A lot of people be crying. I'll probably be one of them. Another way that you'll know it's him is that you'll see his face on TV, but his lips won't be moving. And yet you'll hear his voice in your head telepathically in whatever your native language is. He's going to speak to all of us telepathically. And the third way you'll know it's him is that by the time he's done speaking, 25, 35, 45 minutes, nobody knows how long or exactly when. But when he's done, there'll be press reports from around the world that while he was speaking, hundreds of thousands of people were miraculously healed. And in these three ways, you'll know that this is the great teacher for the age of Aquarius, come to help us dig our way out of this mess that we've made of our planet and of life and to learn how to take care of each other to serve each other better and better. And they will be teachers and they will be teaching us. And that's how you'll know it's him. And then each of us has to make up our own mind, be a very personal experience, whether we want to follow his suggestions or not. He's gonna give us a glimpse of the past. You'll see it in your mind's eye to show us where we lost our way. Then he's gonna give us a glimpse of the beautiful future David was talking about. This beautiful, loving, peaceful, quiet, exciting future that we have in store. And that will inspire us to take action. That's his plan. There's never been a master this powerful. People don't understand the power of a master, including Jesus or Buddha or Confucius. They don't understand how impactful they can be. They really can touch us where we live. And they'll never force us to do anything. So it's a great time to be alive. The space people are here. Our brothers and sisters from our neighboring planets are here to help us. And I hope that you see some of those wonderful UFOs. Don't be afraid of them. They're here to help. This idea of slaughtering cattle, that's all made up by, by dark groups that don't want us to like our space brothers and sisters. Because if we liked them and knew who they were, We'd listen to them instead of our government, and the government would lose their power. But the time is coming. I said earlier that there were photos and video of UFOs on YouTube all over the place. You can spot the fakes. There aren't many fakes anymore. Most of them are very real, is, is my information. Well, there's a couple photos we're, gonna, we're showing you right now. 
of a beautiful UFO over an airport in China. It's over the Zhaoshang Airport in China. And it came over and just hovered over the airport for about an hour. And they didn't know what to make of it. They figured it was a spacecraft. So they didn't let any aircraft take off or land the whole time it was there. There were lots of photos taken of it. These are two of them uh, taken while it was hovering over the Zhaoshan Airport uh, to make sure everybody could see it. And so there were lots of photos taken. You'll see these and others on YouTube of these beautiful craft and the beautiful people. So there's hope in this world. Thank you for listening. Now, wasn't that astounding, all the information that Dick Larson presented us with? And his energy is just infectious. I'm energized just listening to him. And like Dick, I had taken notes here so that I wouldn't forget to revisit quickly and mention some of what he went over, because there's so much information. I had to take notes. He did, uh, at the beginning... Uh, put astrology in its proper perspective, mentioning the age of Aquarius as far as astronomy goes. So thank you, Mr. Larson, for doing that. And he described what the four levels of etheric matter mean, etheric physical, and mentioned, isn't it amazing, he mentioned on Mars how they have three different levels of people and more people on Mars than we have here, and our current science and technology can't even detect them. Astounding. And he mentioned the large UFO base that's said to exist between LA and Catalina Island on the Pacific coast. And of course, apparently there are thousands of such bases, perhaps not as large, all over the world, and that they have been visiting us, we know for some 300,000 years, thanks to some cave paintings that Dick had made a reference to. And allegedly, they've been coming for the whole history of mankind, some 18 and a half million years. He also touched upon Ben's book. And that was, I think I've got that right here. Yes, The Gathering of the Forces of Light, UFOs and Their Spiritual Mission. And also, I wanted to mention... Gerard Artson and his six books, they will be mentioned in the credits, but they include Priorities for a Planet in Transition, Pioneers of Oneness, The Invisible Ocean, one of George Adamski's book that he, books that he brought back to life, Here to Help UFOs and the Space Brothers, and A Herald for the Space Brothers, also from George Adamski. He's done a great deal of work to bring George's work back to life. And... I note here how he mentioned how the ships of the Space Brothers are etheric and can go anywhere, the sky, the ground, the land. And he mentioned how chakras are a connection to our etheric bodies and the whole aspect of karma. So how important harmlessness is and how that's the law that the Space Brothers adhere to who are thousands of years ahead of us technologically and spiritually and how our own mis, uh, mis, not just misgivings, but our, um, our own misadventures have slowed down our evolution 
by allowing people to starve, by waging wars. And this is one of the reasons Mars is ahead of us, because they haven't done so much of these things. And how the UFOs mop up pollution, particularly um, the residue of nuclear etheric matter from nuclear power plants and whatnot, and how the planet would probably be uninhabitable by now if they had not, and crop circles and how they're created, and so fascinating, um, and it's filled in so many gaps in our knowledge. And Benjamin Krem had said of the crop circles that it's the Space Brothers way of saying, here's an example of our work. We hope you like the drawing. And how the science of light is connected to that and how they're helping create a new form of energy on Earth using the magnetic grid of the planet that already already exists. So fascinating. And how UFOs are run by thought, which we cannot do today, the craft themselves. And lastly, about their mission to make us aware of Maitreya's presence, the four stars, which were actually huge spacecraft, uh, several football fields in diameter on the four corners of our globe. I've got lots of pictures of those myself, but that's for another show. And also how Maitreya will be on TV, and we'll know him by three things, the love he expresses, by the telepathy which he exhibits in communicating with all, and the hundreds of thousands of healings that will occur during the broadcast. A lot of this will be mentioned, a lot of the information I've referenced in the credits, and I would say in closing that we can't wait to have him on the show again. And also, we want to remind you that UFOs, their spiritual mission, was produced by Planetary Makeover. And to visit Dick Larson's YouTube channels, one is entitled, There is Hope for Us All, and then a bunch of them simply entitled, Dick Larson. So thank you so much, Mr. Larson, and thank you all for tuning in, and we'll see you all very soon on Planetary Makeover. Visit us on Facebook at hashtag Planetary Makeover. This show has been a production of PlanetaryMakeover.org. At our website, we have a link to our bi-weekly live show at 5 p.m. Mondays, Western Time, and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. At our website, we also have a link to our archives and a selection of our shows. For more background info, visit www.shareinternational-west.org